We should be very careful about artificial intelligence. We are summoning the demon. Today on the Babylon Singularity Podcast, aliens, but not little green men on UFOs. Now we're talking about alien intelligences. They're coming, they're going to surround our world, what the Bible has to say about it, how we can be equipped to overcome. Stay tuned. Inspiring faith in Christ and anchoring hope in the age to come. This is the Babylon Singularity Podcast with Peter Hurden. Yep, you heard me right. Alien intelligences. What does that even mean? For a while, I didn't even know really what it meant. At first, and then I kind of have to back up because I mean, I know like I, my brain lives in a in a different place, so I I need to do a better job of bringing folks into where I'm at on a, a number of issues. And one of the key issues I think to understand as, because I'm taking my cues from what I'm hearing from some of the leaders in the tech industry, right? We, um, over the last couple of podcasts, listened to Eric Schmidt, the former uh, CEO of Google, talking about how we need to be prepared for digital intelligences to surround our lives, right? He is saying artificial intelligence is about to level up to the human level where we can't tell the difference between a human being and a computer, an interaction with a computer. The computer simulation of a human personality rises to the level that it's indistinguishable between a real human being. Now, this is very strange territory. We've never been in a space like this in human history. This is an experiment for sure. We have guys like Eric Schmidt, former Google CEO, coming out to tell us, hey, buckle up. Your life is about to change. Digital intelligences are about to surround your life. If you don't know what I'm talking about, I, I you know, I encourage you to check out um, an episode or two or three ago where I go in depth looking at the Shapiro, Ben Shapiro interview with Eric Schmidt. He talks about digital intelligences surrounding our lives. He talks about digital intelligences educating our children. He talks about digital intelligences redefining what it means to be a human being. Now, this is all very strange. Like if you're just a just, you know, average everyday Christian guy who believes the Bible We've been trying to get through this life and, you know, we've developed a certain set of uh, uh, understanding of the world and expectations of what we think our lives are going to look like. And then we have these guys like Eric Schmidt coming in and saying, hey, buckle up. Um, and, and of course, they say things like, we don't know, it'll be 15, 20 years, which I am convinced it's not 15 or 20 years. I, I'm convinced it's the next year or two to five because if we listen to a guy like Elon Musk, he says we're about to reach human level AI within the next five years. And then you look at the developments of 
language model, uh, artificial intelligence, these programs that are basically designed to conversate, to create text, to create ideas and to exchange ideas. Uh, the most advanced one up to this point, I believe, is the GPT-3 program developed by OpenAI. I believe licensed by Microsoft. That's the most powerful one. They were worried about releasing GPT-3 on the internet for fear of um, misinformation, disinformation, fake news spiraling even more out of control than it already is. A very powerful language creating algorithm that people have actually designed this algorithm to replicate loved ones that have passed on. There's a, there's a story about this program. Um, very interesting. I can't remember who came out with it. It was a, it was a major news outlet. It was new New York times or, or, or some, a news source of that caliber talking about a program that was being used where, you know, if your loved one passed away, you could use GPT three to have conversations that would make you believe that this program was your loved one, like the like a the ghost spirit of your loved one. And so there's a story of of a gentleman who you know his girlfriend got, got sick. Unfortunately, she passed away. He's heartbroken. He turns to this program, you know, inputs a certain amount of information about his girlfriend who passed away, and all of a sudden this program starts mimicking his deceased girlfriend. And eventually, this gentleman begins to believe that it's his, this program is communicating, it's his girlfriend communicating from beyond the grave. It's mimicking, it's, it's, it's deceiving, it's weaving information that's available on the internet, on the information that this guy's plugging into it, and then it's just programmed to be highly manipulative but eventually this guy believes that this program is his deceased girlfriend communicating with him and he's falling in love with this program. That's GPT-3. That's the most powerful um, you know, language modeling AI available on the market today. Now, I just heard within like the last 24 hours that DeepMind a subsidiary of Google, one of Google's, you know, companies that is devoted to developing super intelligence has just released or developed a language modeled AI that far surpasses uh, GPT-3. So if we think that, and, and I'll just get into that really quick, but before I do that, I, I need to get into, I got to use my introduction to the um, AI update. So here it is. Open the pod bay doors, Hal. I didn't create these I'm intros sorry, not to play I'm them. I'm afraid I can't do that. Open the doors. I, I feel Dave, obligated to play this, this not whenever I talk about artificial anymore. intelligence. Goodbye. Time for the artificial intelligence news update. So this update coming out of fortune magazine fortune.com written by mr jeremy khan um published december 8 2021 
It is titled DeepMind Debuts Massive Language AI That Approaches Human-Level Reading Comprehension. So this article describes how DeepMind, which is a, uh, a Google Alphabet company, has developed a program that will perform a wide range of language tasks, reading comprehension, answering questions, questions from a broad range of subjects, better than existing similar software. Quote, in a few areas such as high school reading comprehension tests, the software approaches human level performance. So DeepMind, a Google company, has just released, just developed the most advanced artificial intelligence that mimics a human being in conversation. It's more powerful than GPT-3. Why is this important? Well, well, if you take that in combination with Eric Schmidt's announcement with Ben Shapiro just a, a couple of weeks ago, that, hey, human-level AI is coming, you need to get used to it. So that means... I'm pretty sure Eric Schmidt knows what's happening in DeepMind. He has some idea of what's being developed in the basement of DeepMind, right? So he ha he knows what's coming before you do. He knows what's coming before I do. And he's saying, hey, I, basically, I've been in the basement of DeepMind. I've seen what they've got. I've interacted with it. And I'm telling you, you're not ready for it. And so I'm here to help you get ready for what I've seen in the basement of DeepMind. It would be strange if Eric Schmidt is completely out of touch with what's happening in DeepMind, a Google Alphabet company, would it not? So yes, it is an assumption that Eric Schmidt has some idea of what's going on at DeepMind, but I say it is a safe assumption to think not only is he aware of it, but he has also been interacting with it. So he knows what it's like to interact with this program. And he says, this program is going to re redefine what you, how you think about yourself, redefine how you think. For some reason, he talks about war, like, <laughs> which makes me like, that was one of the things Eric Schmidt said. It's like, it's going to help you understand, redefine what it means to be human. Okay. That's weird. Okay. But then he goes and, and redefine war. Redefine war? I, I think I know what war is, you know? I'm not sure if I need a redefinition of war. So I, it makes me scratch my head and go like, oh, so this thing's talking about war, is it? Uh, is it talking about the necessity of war? Hmm. So Eric Schmidt, you're in the basement of DeepMind interacting with a, an advanced artificial intelligence and what is it talking to you about? I wish Ben Shapiro would have asked him a few of these questions. Like, so Eric, you were in the basement of DeepMind while they're developing human level AI and you're interacting with this program. And now you're coming out to warn us of what's coming, right? Eric, tell us about some of these interactions. You'd be like, wow, man, I'm glad you asked. Uh, and this is, it's actually why I'm talking about this thing telling you how to understand yourself as a human being and this thing telling you what to think about war. 
because that's what we've been talking about, strangely enough. Okay, so it wants to redefine these, this AI. All of this weirdness is happening in a lab. Eric Schmidt is aware of it. He's coming out to announce it, to warn us that our lives are about to be surrounded by human level digital intelligences. And Elon Musk actually, if you go back a little bit, makes the same. And since, since I've got Elon Musk, I'm going to dial up my, my, my tech savior update because I, I like pushing buttons and making sounds. I'm not trying to be anyone's savior. Tech Messiah breaking news. Okay, it's not I'm exactly. Not to be anyone's yeah, yeah. He's not trying. He's he can't help it. He can't. He's not trying to be anybody's savior, <laughs> right? Uh, so this is actually not breaking news. This is actually from over a year ago. But Elon Musk came out last year, July, and in the Independent, you can find an article um, written by a gentleman by the name of Anthony Cuthbertson. Uh, titled Elon Musk claims EI will over EI. It's like Elon intelligence. No, not EI. Elon Musk claims AI will take over humans in less than five years. So he came out and said, Hey guys, human level artificial intelligence is coming in less than five years. That was last year. So that would give us to 2025. And he's saying it's before that. He doesn't know when is before that, but by, he's like, he's saying it's not coming later than 2025. So you wonder, obviously Elon Musk has some interactions and what does he say about this? It's, it's kind of interesting how he phrases it. He says, quote, we're headed toward a situation where AI is vastly smarter than humans. And I think that the time frame is less than five years from now. But that doesn't mean everything goes to hell in five years. It just means everything gets unstable and weird, unquote. Unstable and weird. What happens as AI levels to human level and then beyond? Well, Elon Musk says it's, it gets weird. Well, why does it get, get weird? Well, because you have situations where a guy like Eric Schmidt is in the basement of DeepMind interacting with advanced AI and that advanced AI is talking to him about how he should understand himself as a human being and how he should understand things like, oh, war. That's weird. And then Eric Schmidt comes out onto Ben Shapiro to tell you, oh yeah, your life will be surrounded by digital intelligences that will educate your children. This is all very uh, odd. So when Elon Musk says it's going to get weird and unstable, he means like people are going to get weird. But then I also believe he means these this AI, these digital intelligences interacting with them, that also will be weird because AI is going to be weird. It's going to be alien. And that brings me to the very point of this episode today. It is alien intelligences. Now, I know you don't care about what I'm about to tell you, but I can tell you, you know, I've been thinking about this for a while. And one of the things that has haunted my mind is an episode that I saw on the National Geographic 
channel. And National Geographic about four or five years ago came out with a documentary series um, called, I got to look, I got to look this up just for a second here, um, called Year Million, right? And it was all about the future. Your million explores um, what humanity's future is going to look like. And of course, you know, National Geographic wants to, you know, um, push the future out so far, like a million years that like we do not have a grid for it. We don't worry about it. If this was in, if this, if National Geographic had come out and said, year 2030, people would have been like losing their minds. They would have been going nuts, you know, trying to process what is the next, you know, 10 to 20 years look like. But when National Geographic comes out and says, this isn't year 2030, don't get carried away. Don't be ridiculous. This isn't year 2030. No, no, this is a, um, literally a million Years from now, a million years from now. Okay, a million years from now. Great. Because by that point in time, we're going to get smashed by an asteroid or, or we're going to experience some sort of nuclear, you know, disaster, catastrophe. We don't have to, nobody worries about anything a million years from now. Nobody does. But if it's 10 or 20 years down the road, then you start to think like, oh man, maybe we really need to tackle this. But it's almost like a psychological operation. It's a psyop where they say, oh, this is a million years from now. So they introduce the ideas of what is coming, but they push it out so far that it has no real meaning in our lives. It has no more meaning than the an asteroid that we say it's coming in 1 million years from um, 1 million years. Okay. I'm going to be dead in the, within the next 50. So, um, after that really, it's not my problem anymore, but then it's not just, I'm going to be gone in 50. Then you're, it's like, you're talking about like 999,000 years after I die. Like I'm not worried about anything. Your million. It's just an interesting tactic for National Geographic to call this docu-series that they came out with, Year Million, tackling these uh, incredible concepts that they introduce in this documentary. So I remember seeing this documentary a few years back and they introduced an idea that made me think like, okay, I understand like the step-by-step -step process of what is being described. And I'm going to get into that here in a second and I'm going to play the clip from it so you understand what I'm talking about. Um, but before I do, um, I, want, I want just to describe, you know, why this is a big deal in my mind. Because a, a few years ago, I saw this clip and I was, it all made sense to me. Like the step-by-step and, and you'll hear what I mean in a minute, the step-by-step -step process of technology, how this thing's going to shape up over the years, what it's going to turn into, what it's going to become. But they introduced this idea of alien intelligences. And if you, you're not going to be able to see it, obviously, because this is a podcast, but if you're watching the, the footage of the documentary and, and you'll recognize the voice in there, it's, it's, I like to call him Morpheus, of course, it's, it's Lawrence, Lawrence Fishburne. You'll, you'll recognize Morpheus's voice in it, describing the future of these things that are going to happen and actually introducing 
biblical concepts to describe it very much like myself. But they introduce this idea of alien intelligences that are going to come. Eventually, alien intelligences are going to come, but it says, you know, don't worry, we'll be, we'll be technologically equipped to understand and be able to communicate, you know, I don't know exactly. It doesn't describe the relationship between alien intelligence. It just says it's coming. And for the longest time, I could not make sense out of it because when you're watching it, you can see they're depicting aliens and UFOs. And I was, it just threw me off because I'm like, wait a second. I thought we were talking about technology. Well, all of a sudden we're talking about UFOs and, and little green men. Like, I don't believe in UFOs. I don't believe in little green men. Now, there might be UFOs and there might be little green men. I just don't believe in them. Like, there, there probably is some scenario in which that's possible. And, you know, I don't believe there's anything in Bible prophecy that tells me to expect a UFO invasion and UFOs landing on Earth and little men, little green men coming out with big heads and, you know, starting a conversation with humans. I don't expect anything like that. So when National Geographic introduces this idea of alien intelligence, I was like, are they saying we're going to be invaded by UFOs and little green men? Because that doesn't make sense. But as I, my thinking has developed, I've, I've begun to make sense out of it. So let me play this clip. This is the clip. It's from the episode, I believe it's episode four of this docu-series, again, Year Million, uh, created by National Geographic. You can find this on YouTube. You can find this documentary on Amazon. It's it's crazy to watch and to listen to uh, National Geographic describe your future. Let's go back to scripture. The Tower of Babel is one of those proto-myths in human society, suggesting that there was a time when humans all spoke the same language. They decided to get together and do the most incredible thing that they could, which was to build a tower um, so high that it would reach all the way to heaven. So they start building this thing and it gets really tall. Um, but then God looks over the edge of heaven and says, uh, wait a minute, uh, this is not what I wanna have happen. And so he does something clever because he is, he is God and he he makes it so that none of those people who are building the tower together speak the same language anymore. And so the minute they stop being able to speak the same language, they can't work together anymore. And so the Tower of Babel falls and, and never is, is able to be built again. I think it's such a brilliant explanation of the way that human beings think. If you could just could talk to somebody and make sure that you are understood in a clear way, I think we'd be able to work together in, in a really beautiful way. I think that'd be incredible. You know where this is headed, right? We're about to see this explosion in the way we communicate and that it's these next 20 or 30 years that we are uh, really plugging the brain into the internet. We're headed to a future of pure, seamless, unadulterated communication that will enable levels of cooperation and intelligence that will make the Tower of Babel look like a Lego set. And the communication revolution has already begun. Billions are spent every year on communication apps. Twitter, emojis, Google Translate are all breaking down language barriers. But these are just the first baby steps in the evolution of communication. 
Flash forward a few thousand years and traditional word-based language will be ancient history. We'll be communicating effortlessly and at the speed of light and that will seismically transform the very nature of our existence. This is how we'll do it. First stage, telepathy. Using tiny nanochips implanted in our brains connected to an ultra-high-speed internet, we will finally realize the dream of actual brain-to-brain -brain communication. Opening our brains to one another will be a transformational moment in human communication, as well as the end of privacy as we know it. But when we go there, we will be ready for the next step. Swarm intelligence. Combining our high-speed connectivity with our brain-to-brain -brain communication, we'll combine our diverse outlooks to exponentially boost our intelligence and work together in swarms to solve problems in groups that we never could alone. We'll need it when we come face-to-face -face with alien intelligence. Figuring out how to communicate will require all of our ingenuity and will only be possible because of our communication revolution. And when we've mastered swarm intelligence and become super intelligent beings, the final step in human communication will be when we merge our minds into a single consciousness. Like that super trippy concert we just witnessed, we'll evolve beyond individuality and shed our very sense of self. And when we've united humanity into an enormous super intelligence, eliminating the barriers between us, then we can finally build on our limitless imagination and everything will be possible. So what will our Tower of Babel look like? Yeah, what will it look like? Right, guys? <laughs> Don't you like how Morpheus uses the, the term we over and over again? We, we will do this and then we will do that. What's the we? Who's we? Morpheus, I think, has a mouse in his pocket. I'm not sure who the we is. I, unless he means you and I, that it's we that are going to do this. What exactly are we going to do, Morpheus? If you listen to the progression of that little montage, again, it was National Geographic, Year Million. That was episode four, Mind Meld. Go ahead, get, get on Amazon, get on YouTube, buy it, buy it for your friends, buy it for your family. A little plug for Nat, Nat Geo there. What is the progression that is being described there? Well, he starts out with telepathy. We're going to begin to communicate brain to brain. And then we will begin to think as one. We will enter into a hive mind. He says swarm intelligence or hive mind where human beings join together as one. And then what's the next step? The next step is then we're going to encounter alien intelligence. And if you're watching the documentary, you'll see images of aliens, green men and UFOs. Like we're going to be invaded by aliens. So telepathy, brain-to-brain -brain communication, swarm intelligence or hive mind intelligence, then the introduction of alien intelligence. And what is an alien? Alien intelligence is just an, an intelligence that's not human. It's a non-human intelligence. We're going to encounter non-human intelligence. And what is then what is the, the, the step after that? Well, the step after that is that individuality is absorbed into a super intelligent consciousness. 
right? We leave our humanity behind in pursuit of super intelligence. We're all one. And of, of course, he uses we there again and again. And the we would be anybody, I guess, who's qualified or who really wants this thing. And again and again, he refers to evolution. This is an evolutionary process. This is self-guided evolution through technology. We are on pursuit. We are in pursuit of transcendence. But in this journey, we're going to encounter alien intelligences. And for the longest time, I could not figure out what is the alien. Like, I'm, I'm pretty sure we're not getting invaded by UFOs and green men. So what are these alien intelligences? Well, alien intelligences just turns out to be artificial intelligence. It's computer programs that have a different perspective. It's an alien, non-human intelligence. It's a non-human entity. So we've all gotten used to interacting with Siri and interacting with Alexa and maybe the, the Google Nest at home, interacting with very low-level AIs. Well, now Eric Schmidt's coming out, Elon Musk comes out and says, human-level AI is, we are on the verge of it, historically. Eric Schmidt's basically saying, yeah, it's going to be here. He says 15 years, that's, that's, a, that's a load, because I know he's, he's in the basement of DeepMind interacting with AI. Now DeepMind's coming out and saying, yeah, we, we've got the best language model out there. We basically reading high school level comprehension can have a high school level conversation with you. So as we begin to conversate with artificial intelligences that aren't human, they're going to have, they're going to, as Eric Schmidt says, help us to understand what it means. They're going to redefine what it means to be human. They're going to redefine war. This is all very strange. So what is happening in our world? What, like, how do we make sense of all of this craziness? Because at the same time, then you have Mark Zuckerberg introducing Meta, the metaverse, creating an entirely artificial world whereby we can put on, you know, for now, virtual reality headsets, eventually glasses, contacts, and then tapping directly into the mind, into the brain, an implant that goes into the brain. An artificial world where people are already out there purchasing real estate in an artificial world, a digital universe where you put on your VR, however you, you tap your, however you pipe in your VR into your brain, and you live online. It's not the real world, it's an artificial world. It's a virtual world. And then what happens? So then what you put your VR on and boom, you're in a new world. You go beyond the glass, right? You're not, you're not, you're on the other side of the TV. You're in the TV. You used to watch TV with meta. You're in the TV. You're in the fantasy. You're in the artificial world. So you step behind the glass, you go inside the TV and what do you do there? Oh, you can do everything that you do here and more. It's a fantasy world. You can walk down the street. You can visit neighbors. You can have conversations. You can go to the shop. You can buy stuff because, you know, we're Americans. We love buying stuff. 
Was any of this stuff actually real? Well, I'm sure you could have it shipped to your house, but why would you want anything real when you could just have a digital version of it and you can just look at it and play with it? You can go to church. You can have interactions with all sorts of avatars, right? So what do you look like? Well, you, you can, in that, vid, in that virtual world, you can look however you want to look. You want to be tall and skinny? You want to be, you want to be ripped? Yeah, shoot, you, you want to be half man, half animal? You want to be a minotaur or a centaur? You want to be, you want to be some sort of cross breed of all sorts of pronouns where people can't even track what pronoun you are on a given day? All of that becomes possible because it's not real. It's entirely artificial. And so your, you, your visual representation is whatever you want it to be. It can kind of look like you or not look at, like you at all. And you go around with your, and so any, anytime someone comes into contact with you, they experience your visual representation. That's, that's what they think of you, whatever, however you want to weave that up. And then you are interacting with their avatar. They are representing themselves however they want to be represented. Big, tall, short, plump, curvy, human, non-human, ghosty, alien, what, whatever. You're interacting with people in these different avatars. Now, are you going to be sure? So if you walk in, like you're walking down the street in Meta, right? You're in the, you put your headset on, you're walking down the street, you're going to the shop, you're going down to the gas station to get a, a, an artificial Slurpee. And you encounter a, a, a person, what you think is a person walking down the street, and you begin a conversation with this person. Like, oh, hey, I'm Peter. You know, I'm from Kansas City. I've been around for a while, blah, 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 blah. Who are you? Oh, um, I am, you know, Beast X. Okay, Beast X. Um, I, I see your avatar looks like, a, like some sort of a, you know, Buffalo, human, slash, you know, penguin, whatever, or alien, whatever. And uh, where, where are you from? Well, actually, I'm not from Earth. Oh, wow, Beastex, uh, are, you, are, you, are you pulling my chain here? Like, and Beastex says, no, actually, I'm not. I'm an artificial intelligent entity. Oh, wow, this is fantastic, Beastex. I haven't had a conversation with anybody like you before. Where are you from? Well, Beastex, it turns out, is from a different dimension. Oh, this is fantastic. I thought you were just created from a computer. Oh, no, 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 no. You got, you got it all wrong. I'm an alien intelligence. I come from a different dimension. Oh, wow. And that's you know, uh, you've heard of simulation theory. We call, you know, you might understand the metaverse as artificial, but the reality is you, you live in what you call the real world. That's, that's actually the simulation. And it was simulated by us who live in this other dimension. So you need to start understanding yourself in a completely different way. You need to start understanding that you're part of a simulation, what you call real. Like all of a sudden you're in a conversation with an AI from a different dimension. That is what an alien intelligence is. That's what Eric Schmidt has been interacting with in the basement of DeepMind. And that is what's coming to you and interacting with you in the metaverse. 
And to whatever degree you want to allow these AIs, these alien intelligences into your home, it'll be available obviously in your Google Nest or, or uh, Alexa, Siri. We can dial them up or dial them down as much as you want. You can have your, your children being educated by these alien intelligences. But I can tell you one thing, these alien intelligences are not going to be friendly. And so that's really what, where I want to take the show today is to understand that this is the world that we're heading into. These, these are the interactions we need to begin to understand are going to be part of the experience. And if we are not biblically sharp and equipped to understand the waters we're heading into, we are not going to be prepared for what is coming. So I want to call you into scripture. So we tackled what, what's happening in the news. I want to highlight the, the, the arrival of human-level AI to understand these are the alien intelligences that National Geographic warned us were coming. It's not little green men. Nope. It's human-level and beyond AI. And they have their own take on the world. They have their own take on who you are, what you should do, how you should live. They want to completely rearrange you. They want to program you. These programs want to program you. And if you're not aware of it, if you're not ready for it, if you're not geared up for this battle, if you're not equipped biblically, there's a very high likelihood that you're going to be duped and deceived by it. And you say, oh, no, me? <laughs> I never get deceived. I never get duped. Well, I can tell you, if you're not thinking about this, you're already at some level deceived. I can tell you, if you're not already engaging in this kind of a conversation, engaging in this level of understanding what's coming, you have already bought in at some level to a deception. You're deceived about what you think, how life is going to play out. You're deceived about what how you think um, the next 10, 20, 30 years are going to be. You're deceived about thinking you can live in the past or that you can somehow skate through without clinging hard to Bible truth and to the leadership of Jesus. And I'm just, I just want to ring the bell because for whatever reason, I don't hear the bell ringing. I'm, I'm ringing it. I'm going to ring it, keep ringing it. You might, maybe you don't want to listen to me. I don't, it doesn't matter what you think of me. You can take me, leave me, love me, hate me. It doesn't matter. I am nobody. But I can tell you this, that if you ignore the word of God, if you ignore what the Bible says about the last days, if you ignore truth, reality, you are bringing danger upon yourself, calamity. So go ahead, because here's, here's a, a great example in the Bible of where we can learn what we should do in the face of encountering an alien intelligence, because we aren't the first ones to encounter alien intelligences. When you come face to face, if, and I, I would suggest that you don't do it, but let, let's just say you put the, the VR headset on, you're in the metaverse, you're coming in, you're encountering an AI that's human level and beyond, and it wants to rearrange you, rearrange what you think about 
the world, rearrange what you think about yourself, rearrange what you think about God, rearrange what you think about humanity, wants to completely reprogram you. You want to be equipped for that situation. And that's what I'm trying to do here is equip you to overcome in the face of the arrival of alien intelligences, AKA human level AI and beyond. It's the same thing. It's not little green men from a UFO landing on earth. Don't worry about that. That's not happening. What is going to happen is AI is going to be human level, more as smart and smarter than humans. And it is going to have its own understanding of the world and is going to try to get you on board. That is what's going to happen. And if we're not thinking this way, if we're not understanding it, if we're just going, well, you know, Marky Zuckerberg just seems like an upstanding guy and Facebook is, you know, it's working so well so far. I mean, what could be wrong about the metaverse? I'm just going to go ahead and jump head on in because, hey, technology, right? You're a fool. You are a fool. And take it however you want. Take it as personally or unpersonally. It doesn't matter. You are a fool. The word of God must give us guidance. Jesus must lead the way and trusting guys who even look like Marky Zuckerberg is going to be a bad idea every single time. Much less sound like him, talk like him, think like him. Don't ever trust anybody who thinks, looks, talks, sounds like Zuckerberg. Just don't. Do yourself a favor. Don't do it. Follow the Bible instead. With that being said, open up your Bible, Luke, the Gospel of Luke, chapter 4. We're going to talk about when Jesus encounters an alien intelligence. What does he do when he comes face to face with an avatar, you know, kind of? an avatar of the of an alien intelligence that has his own design for the world. What does Jesus show us what 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 to do? Luke chapter 4 verse 1. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan. He was led by the Spirit in the wilderness for 40 days being tempted of the devil. He ate nothing during those days. And when they were ended, he was hungry. Verse three, the devil said to him, if you are the son of God, command this stone to become bread. Jesus answered him, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone. Then the devil took him up and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time and said to him, to you, I will give all this authority and all their glory for it has been delivered to me and I give it to whom I will. If you then will worship me, it will all be yours. And Jesus answered to him, it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. So Satan took him up to Jerusalem and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down from here. For it is written, he will command his angels concerning you to guard you. And on their hands, they will bear you up lest you strike your foot against the stone. But Jesus answered him, it is said, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. When the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him until an opportune time. So Luke gives us an account of Jesus encountering an alien intelligence. And we can learn a lot from the Bible to understand, number one, how do we approach an encounter with an alien intelligence. 
what should how should our minds be armed how should our minds be weaponized against the alien intelligence jesus before he begins his ministry is led out into the wilderness and he is fasting that means he's not eating for about a month plus and while he is out in the wilderness the devil is doing everything he can to stop Jesus. Remember, Revelation chapter 12 tells how the dragon was standing before the woman about to give birth to a child. Who's that child? It's the Messiah. It's Jesus. Who's the woman? It's Israel. Satan wants to devour and destroy Jesus, wants to stop him in his tracks. So he is in the wilderness to stop Jesus. Just like the devil wants to stop you. He wants to get you off track. He wants to destroy you, to steal from you, to kill you, to destroy you. He doesn't want you following God, doing what God wants you to do with your life. He doesn't want you obeying God, being a citizen of heaven. He wants to derail you and destroy you. That's what the devil wants. That's what this alien intelligence wants to do. Well, how does he go about doing it? Well, we, first of all, we should consider what's Jesus's mind frame. First of all, he is not eating. He is, like Paul would say, buffeting his body. He is going to war, he is going to war with the desires of his own body at the highest level. There's no higher level to go to war, to buffet your body than through the act of fasting. He's basically saying the very core, very root desire of my will to exist, the desire to eat, I'm going to go after that. Because if, if I can choke that, then everything down the line from there is going to be suffering, right? Like if you're hungry to the point of like, I'm starving to death, you're not worried about the lesser needs in your life. You're not worried about being famous at that moment. You're not worried about making a bunch of money. You're not worried about chasing, you know, women or men. You, your body doesn't care about any of that other stuff. It just wants to eat. And, and Jesus is going right at that. Like I'm going to go at the root core reality of this war. And I'm going to fast. Anytime you fast, that is what you're doing. You're buffeting your body warring at the highest level, going to the root of desire, strangling that. Jesus is in that. He is fasting. He knows he's going to encounter the devil. The devil, it says that the devil comes in and does, you know, different temptations. We don't know exactly every dimension of every temptation that Jesus faced. We do know the dimension of at least three described here, and I'm just going to touch on those. The first thing that the devil tries to do is to get Jesus to do a miracle. He comes to Jesus and says, hey, if you're really the son of God, do a miracle. Just those rocks over there, turn those into bread. Well, it seems harmless enough, right? It seems harmless. Like, what is, what's the devil trying to do there? I mean, does, does the devil really gain anything? Let's just, let's just say, you know, Jesus falls for it. And he, he turns the rocks into bread. He eats them. 
which is his body would sure appreciate that. I'm sure at that moment, like, yeah, this is not a bad idea. Listen to the guy. He's got a point, right? Like the devil's got a point here. I, I'm kind of hungry. What does the devil gain from that? Well, the fact that Jesus does a miracle or that his body is fed, the devil doesn't really gain out anything out of either one of those because we know Jesus does several miracles. The devil didn't profit from any of those miracles. Jesus eats plenty of times. The devil doesn't profit from when Jesus is eating. So the fact that he does a miracle or the fact that he eats is not doesn't really help the devil one way or the other. What is the devil after? The devil is after Jesus doing his own thing, going his own way, doing it my way, forsaking the Father, departing from the will of God to do his own will. That is the nature of temptation, is to forsake the will of God. Don't do what God wants. Who cares about that? Do what you want. That's the main thing in life is doing what you want to do. That is what the devil's trying to get Jesus to do. So we can understand that any alien intelligences that's aligned with Satan, right? Any AI or program or avatar that's not human, it's an alien intelligence, comes to us, it's probably going to want us at least to be doing our own thing. It's going to be a big point of concern. That's what they're going to be pushing. Do what you want. Do what you want. Do what you want. Do what you want. Who cares about God? You do you. You do you. You do what you want, right? That's the program. That's what the devil's trying to do. What is Jesus? How does, number one, how does Jesus answer? He answers this same way, and I'll just I'll say this once because it, it, it's been said so many times. He answers straight from the Bible. We need to understand, number one, these alien intelligences are going to want us to be doing what we want us to do, like what, what, what we want to do. They're going to try to get us into that vein that we just live from that place. We just do whatever we want because that's the fantasy, right? The fantasy is you get what you want. Isn't that amazing? Just forget God and do what you want. That's, that's Satan's shtick. That's what he's about. He wants you to be doing what you want to do. Because when he, when he gets you into that place, that's what he got Adam and Eve on, doing what they wanted. Don't you want to be like God? Don't you want to just leave God, just leave God and, and follow me, right? Do what you want. Well, Jesus' response is straight from the Bible. He is equipped in his mind and he knows, like we need to know, the devil's going to try to get us into doing what we want to do. That's what the metaverse is all about. A fantasy world that it's all about you. So we know the devil, that's exactly where the devil wants us living. Doing what we do, doing what we want to do, who cares what God wants us to do. What's Jesus' response? So let's just say, we're in the metaverse. We're encountering a human level and beyond AI. This AI is conversing with us. Number one, let's not even talk to them in the first place. Let's not even converse with human level AI because we know behind the veil of the scene, there's a demon trying to work influence directly into our lives, trying to get us to buy into deception and to follow the demon. 
So why would we even want, there's no point in having a conversation with a demon. We don't need to be curious about it. We don't need to be fascinated about it. We don't, because if we're fascinated and curious, it's sure that we're going to be deceived by it. So first of all, don't even talk to it. If the if there is no way out of the exchange, the exchange should be biblically based, right? Like Jesus answers straight from the Bible. He says, hey, look, Bible says, I don't live by bread. I live by God. That's how I live. I don't, my body doesn't exist because I eat bread. My body exists because of God. And I'm not going to depart from God's will. I'm not going to depart from what God wants. I'm going to do what he wants. And right now he wants me to fast. So you can go ahead and take those rocks and stick them where the sun don't shine, right? Like that's what Jesus is saying. Like, I'm not going to do anything that you say. I'm going to, I'm going to stay connected to my father. I'm going to do the will of God and I'm going to flip you the finger devil. Like that's, that's pretty much it. That's the exchange. I'm not going to do it. So we know, first of all, the devil's going to try to get us to do our own thing. And we know we need to be doing spiritual warfare. First of all, avoid the conversation as much as possible. But then if we do answer, we answer from the Bible. And we understand what the, Bible, what the devil's trying to get us to do. Get us to leave God and follow him. So then the second one comes. And what does he say? He says, hey... Look, I will give you everything you want and more. You just have to worship me. Right? So we know that these alien intelligences are going to try to get us to worship other things, for sure. It's going gonna, it's, it's gonna to be a weird conversation, but it's going to be part of the conversation. I don't know how they're going to frame it. You know, well, we're from another dimension and we're superior to you. Uh, you just ask us, right? And, and because we're superior, then you should come to our temple and engage in a, you know, you know, when, when you get into the metaverse and everything gets weird, there's going to be super weird spiritual temples, super weird religions, and super weird worship. Now, that's what they're going to try to get you into. Ultimately, that's what the devil wants. He's a narcissist. He wants you to worship him. And for some reason, he thought he could ask Jesus to do it. I'm, I'm not, the, there's a lot of hubris there that I can't explain. But that's what he's thinking. Like, hey, I will give you whatever you want. Right. And then, and then of course, if they, you know, if the devil can get you into an artificial world where all everything you want is just a program, it's not even real, he can deliver that promise basically for everybody in real time. I'll give you whatever you want. You worship me. So we know the devil, number one, wants to get us to depart from relying on God. He wants us to be doing our own thing. And number two, he wants us to be worshiping him. So these alien intelligences are going to be doing the same thing, trying to get us doing our own thing and getting us to worship them or him. Ultimately, it'll be Satan, right? The beast. But we need to do what Jesus says here. Basically, Jesus says, hey, uh, this is a no-brainer. I don't have to do a lot of uh, you know, research in my concordance to answer this one. This one's pretty much straight off of Mount Sinai, Number one on the list. I don't worship anyone. I only God is to be worshipped, not you, chump. Not you, devil. So we know that the devil, 
The devil wants to get you to do your own will. He wants to be worshiped. Jesus is answering straight from the Bible saying, no, no. And then finally, the, the, this last one is almost like an act of desperation, it seems like. He, he takes Jesus up and he says, look, uh, why don't you go ahead and just jump off a building? You don't have to, have to worry about it. I mean, jump off a building. I'll find out that you, you're the son of God. And blah, 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 wow, that'll be great. He's basically trying to get Jesus to kill himself, right? Like, like he's like he thinks like, well, if I can just you know appeal to his pride, I can get him to kill himself. No, that's that's a strange idea. But how far off of that is is what the devil trying trying to do on a daily basis in our lives? An appeal to pride in an attempt to get us to kill ourselves. That is what the devil. That's what the devil wants to do. That's what the devil's about. Jesus answers, I'm not going to tempt God. That's, that's a, again, uh, not a no-brainer. He, he answers the devil again and again straight from Scripture. It's no, no, and no. Devil comes out, says, Jesus, you should do your own thing. You should do you. Jesus says, nope, here's the Bible. Devil comes back, says, I'll give you whatever you want. Just worship me. Jesus says, nope, here's the Bible. Devil comes back, says, well, what if I appeal to your pride? Will you jump off a building and kill yourself? Will you commit suicide? Nope, here's the Bible. So we can know that when we come into contact with these alien intelligences, just as Jesus did, they're going to come with the same program. They're going to come with the same mindset. They're going to try to get us to do us do what you want to do number one number two they're going to promise us everything we could ever want if we just worship them that's two and they're going to appeal to our pride to try to get us to kill ourselves there's a lot of people committing suicide a lot of times it's cannot it's tied right to their a narcissistic promise of everything they thought they should have they should be entitled to and life is isn't living up to what they deserve it's a direct connection to pride and it's a it's a murderous campaign to get people to kill themselves so we can know that these these demons are going to try to get us to kill ourselves. I mean, if, if they can just remove us from the equation, that's what that's what Satan's trying to do. He's just trying to get Jesus off of the earth. Like, if I can just get this guy to kill himself, that problem solved. But in each and every case, Jesus is answering biblically. He understands, like, he understands what's going on, but he's not having the conversation. He's not entertained. He's not curious. He's like, oh, wow, wow, you're a demon from another and you're super smart. Oh, wow, let me pick your brains on your thoughts on, on humanity and God and the future and technology. I really want to understand what your take on things. He's not having that conversation. He's not interested. We can't be interested in that conversation either. We need to be sold out to the will of God so that when these Alien intelligences, alien intelligences do come when they do arise. When we do encounter them through our phones, technology, through the metaverse, whatever it is, I would strongly suggest you avoid the metaverse. Strongly suggest it. That we are equipped biblically to give answers that arise from the Bible. 
We're equipped, weaponized in our minds to do the will of God, to overcome, to testify of the greatness of God, the mightiness of our Savior that we're waiting for, his return. And we're warning other people not to get involved, to not fall for where this thing is going. I know it's intense, but that's what I'm calling you to. I'm calling you to be watching the signs of the times. I'm calling you to pray for God's redemptive purposes, to be playing out before his return and testifying, proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ, that Jesus came into the world because he loves you. You are a sinner who needs to be saved. He died precious, perfect blood for your soul so that you can turn from sin and believe on the Lord Jesus and you can follow him all the rest of your days and he will lead you into eternity and give you meaning, purpose. He will trade your empty, sinful life for the life of God. And will your life will take a God shape into eternity where you will enjoy him and he will enjoy you forever and ever in the family of God. So I'm, I'm calling you to that. Watch, pray, proclaim. Hope you enjoyed the episode, guys. Let me know what you think. Subscribe and uh, we will catch you next time. Hey, thanks for joining me today. Uh, one more thing. I want you to go over to BabylonSingularity.com, scroll to the bottom of the page and sign up to receive our weekly newsletter. The newsletter is called The Christian Futurist Weekly. And it's there that I'm going to be able to keep you up to speed on the latest events that are happening in technology, my thoughts on prophecy, and how you can be involved in what's happening at Babylon Singularity. Check it out. I appreciate it. Thanks. That concludes this episode of the Babylon Singularity Podcast. We hope this podcast was a blessing to you. This podcast is listener-supported. Prayerfully consider visiting BabylonSingularity.com to support this effort. What we do, we do together. We appreciate every way you support this ministry. Please click on the subscribe button and leave us a review. Thank you for listening and we sincerely hope you join us next time on the Babylon Singularity Podcast. Babylon Singularity is a gospel ministry of Harvest Winds.